Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Okay, hello. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life, episode 12. Um, I am delighted to say that Rumadge, who was missing for the previous episode, is back. Hello, mate. Hello. Where were you? I was on a bit of an emotional roller coaster. We missed you. Did you listen yeah, to the one? I, did, that you I, were I on? listened to the intro just to see if I, if I had anything to worry about and then just sort of stopped listening. Right. I, I think, well, <laughs> I think I would say that's a mistake because later on. Oh, is there going to be some? Well, it's just that Ben. You can of, film me in. Ben displayed. You know, some real insight. Oh, okay. In a way that you tend not to. I find his voice annoying. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you sort of listened to it for a bit and you thought, yeah, oh, that's yeah, quite yeah, whiny. Yeah. There's yeah. no way he's going to be back. Yeah, I'm not interested. Uh, we did miss you, though. Yeah, I missed you. What did you feel was missing from the podcast in your absence? Um, Just the true understanding of hip-hop, I think. Dude, you're so full of shit. <laughs> What have you been up to? How's life? Good, yeah. Been busy. Yeah. Filming. Right. A... Are you allowed to tell us what you've been filming? I think not? so, because he's a, he's a guest later, isn't he? Yeah. Tom, a uh, sitcom with Big Tom, yeah. Tom Davis. Um, okay, so you've been doing that. Yeah, Got. Uh, finally got my moped. Oh, I thought you were joking. Down there. Shit, I came, you really I got came my... here on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, to, I had to do a, a CBT I thought you didn't have to do a test thing. if you've got a car driving Under 50cc, oh, if it's 50cc. So yeah, what is that top speed? I haven't, I haven't pushed it to the limit You haven't yet. pushed it to 25? No. Yet. I think do you the, feel actually the speedometer that? on that isn't working, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to get that looked at. Do you feel out. cool on that? Yeah, I feel comfortable and, you know. No, not comfortable. Do you feel cool on that? <laughs> yeah, okay. You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Uh, okay, wicked. Well, mm. it's good to have you back, mate. Thanks for having me back. No, well, thanks. It's for a relief. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am, I think, honoured, uh, amazed, delighted to have our guest today. We've only got Bam from the Jungle Brothers. Bam, hello. Hello. Dude, it's such an honour to have yeah. you on, man. Like, amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, educated man from the motherland. You see, they call me a star, but that's not what I am. I'm a jungle brother, a true blue brother, and I've been to many places you never discover. Step to my side, suckers running high. Africa's in the house, they get petrified. You wanna know why? I'll tell you why. Because they can't stand the sight of the jungle. I, I, I was surprised to find out that you actually you live in the UK, right? Yes, I live in the UK now. Uh, where do you live? Uh, between Greenwich and Ramsgate. Right, and how do you find uh, being between Greenwich and Ramsgate? You like it? Yeah, yeah, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes on the train. Yeah. You know, Greenwich is like a little village. Yeah. Park, Ramsgate's on the harbour. Yeah. So it's just two different atmospheres. Yeah. And I have some lovely neighbours in both places. 
You have nice neighbours? Yeah. yeah. Do you not find British people, British people are not friendly? Or do you not find that in Ramsgate? Uh, Ramsgate people are very friendly. Seriously? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's Sierra. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Is that an actual thing? What you yeah, yeah. All oh, right, okay. So they're friendly in Ramsgate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They send people who go mad in London to Ramsgate. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like for therapy. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not friendly. <laughs> they're just, they're just like, yeah. Because London people are pricks, right? I mean, that's like a known thing, isn't it? Like just sort of rude and don't want to talk to you. No, is that I've a thing? experienced a bit of that on the buses because I didn't use my Oyster car properly. Right, and then some guy so was like, just oh, impatient. come on, mate. Yeah, 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 it was like impatience, you know, from the <laughs> bus like driver. One dude, like if you can't use an Oyster card in London, yeah, it's yeah. just over, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. People. And I had just got here, so I was just like fumbling through it, and I was like, I know it's just put it to the thing and yeah. tap in. I had a thing where when I, I didn't grow up in London, and when I first like, come to London, like travel card, the barrier wasn't working, so we're going through where one of the guys was working there. And I just thought, I didn't realise they didn't give a shit. Because mm-hmm. what I was trying to show the guy my ticket before walking through, I was trying to be honourable. Yeah. And then I, he wasn't looking, and I was like holding up in his face, and he goes, you really want me to see your ticket? <laughs> I just felt like such a prick, man. <laughs> so what, did he, what did he want you to do, just go through? He just wanted me to go through, he just didn't care. Oh, he just didn't mother. care. He's like, the barrier's open, mate. Why would I want to look at your ticket? Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Right. It's encouraging, actually, fair dodging, but... <laughs> I got scammed on the train from Ramsgate to London because I bought, you know, you get those open return tickets. Yeah. But I bought one that you travel the same day, and I didn't realize that. So I I traveled the day I bought the ticket, but then I returned on another day. Yeah. And the guy told me I had to pay an extra 11 quid. Right. When it should have been five. And he took the tickets from me. So when I was exiting through the the door thing, I had no tickets to put through the machine. He he took money from you and a ticket. He took the money and the tickets from you. Was he in a uniform or was he? Yeah, he was in a uniform. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a guy. I'll have your ticket and 11 quid, mate. Yeah, (laughs) and it was supposed to be five quid. Did you get his name? You you didn't get his name. We could show him. No, I didn't. I didn't realize until I tried to get out and the guy made me look like I just rode the train for free. The guy, I explained to him, you know, yeah. what happened. And he said, oh, that's Brian. He said, we'll let you go this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's 11 quid Brian, we call him. Yeah, it's just like, yeah 11 quid Brian. He 11 quid for everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so <laughs> what, made you, uh, what made you come to the UK then? Because uh, you grew up where? where? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Right. But I started touring in the UK since 1988. And it's a lot of history for me here because um, you know there was the rave scene going on yeah. there was the acid house scene going on there was hip hop just breaking through so I collaborated with a lot of artists here mingled with a lot of people got to know my way around London London was a different place back then yeah and fast forward to now I just felt like go live there and experience what it's like you know, like instead of just going passing through on the tour and stuff like that, like right, right. It's just wanted something I wanted to do for my life, really. People say London is like New York. Do you agree with that? Uh, back then, yeah, that's what I would agree with it. Yeah. When we toured Europe and we get back to London, it felt like okay, this is home away from home. Like yeah. It was close to New York vibes. Right. Okay. Yeah. But not so much now, you don't think. Well. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. It's changed a lot. It's lost its funkiness, its soul, its... 
you know, it's lost some of those things. New York has lost a bit of that too. Yeah, yeah. Because of, you know, whatever, gentrification of these neighborhoods that used to be more community, like Portobello Road and Camden yeah. and London and um, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Is now like Manhattan Part 2. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't you know, know, a lot of people from Manhattan moved into. Williamsburg area, Bushwick area, Bedford Stuyvesant, Park Slope, you know, um, Flatbush. Flatbush is like Brixton. Right. It's like a twin to Brixton. Yeah. You know, heavy Caribbean community. But now it's being gentrified. So you have, you know, cafes and bars and bookstores and boutique clothing stores and bowling alleys and tappers and all kind of, yeah. you know, yuppie. Brixton's getting on that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Brixton's yeah. going to be like if you want to get one of those properties that get a property now. Yeah. Sit back and watch it. Yeah, that's how it is. That's yeah. what that's what's going on kind of globally. Jungle Brothers first of all, we talk about them. You're sort of known for well, you got sort of in, you were the only group I remember at the time that sort of had like crossover with like house music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How did that all come about? Because it's quite rare. You know, you, sort of, you do a little bit, of, a lot of jazz influences as well, which is more common. But mm-hmm. the house music thing certainly is sort of kind of rarer. How mm-hmm. did that all come about with you guys being a little bit more experimental and stuff? Well, you have to understand, during that time, I would say between 85 and 89, when you said hip-hop and when you got involved with hip-hop... yeah. It was very driven by the dancers, the DJ, the dancers, and later the MCs. So if you went to a party, you'd always see like a dance crew, whether it's B-boys or just guys boogieing, and the DJ would play records to feed the dancers. Yeah. And so it could be multi-format. A lot of the times, that's why hip-hop in that era, apart from the run DMCs and Fat Boys and the Beastie Boys and stuff like that was more up-tempo. You know, like Chub Rock, yeah. Special Ed, Queen Latifah. You know, they had tempos that were between, could go as high as 110, 117, yeah. which is very close to house because people were on the dance floor boogieing, you know, and MCs would be freestyling in cyphers on the street. And it was very performance-driven. It wasn't about... It wasn't so uh, dominated by production. Like, right. the, the, the way you experienced it live it dictated how you made it in the studio. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of artists just started out jamming out on the street, practicing routines in the house, There was, and then later got in the studio. Yeah. So they had these songs crafted just from stuff they tried out at block parties, at talent shows, at battles, you know, and then they went in the studio and re- actually recorded them. Like, sorted out which way the music should go to fit yeah. the rhymes or the routine. Yeah, yeah. Later, the production got more heavy, and that's when things kind of, like, flattened out. So, to answer your question, it was easy to get into, like, house music because if you were out on an, at a hip-hop night, it might go into house music later, you know, towards right, the end right, of the yeah. night, or you go to another party that's all house music, and people that keep want, want to keep partying would go from the hip-hop club to a house club so it wasn't like they were two separate distinct things how we had it here was like I don't know if you had this we were like you go to a club mm-hmm. and they'd play like 
dance music. Yeah. And then about 1 a.m., <laughs> there'd be about 45 minutes of hip hop. And like people get really excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they play the last track of that and then they go back to the other stuff. And then all the people that were sort of into hip hop sit down again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's easily the other way around. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you like, if you come in, if you like both styles, it's easy to just. If you're in hip hop and you like the house music, yeah, it's easy to go and make a house track. But nobody else is really doing that, were they? That much? No, they weren't. I mean, except apart from artists in Chicago, because right. that's where it came from. Of course, yeah. And they were also some of those artists like Fast Eddie, Tyree Cooper. You know, they were also had an eye on New York, yeah, for their hip hop, and just thought, I'm going to put a rap to this house music because they just got tired of the house music as it was and wanted to do something different with it yeah so it kind of the hip house thing birthed itself over there um i didn't know that at the time i was just going out and dancing the house music and then we went in the studio at the end of our album and a guy asked the engineer said do you want to make a house record and todd terry who was a big house producer yeah. dj he was also working in that studio so the guy had the record that they pressed, and he said, "I want you to do a song to this to this record." And I was familiar with it from dancing in, in the clubs to it, and I just just started dancing and jamming out, and came up with the hook, "Girl, I'll house you." Yeah. And then I went in the booth and just started singing it. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. You in my hut now, my hut. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. You in my hut now. I could. I like the playfulness of it, where you can mix hip hop ethos with house music. Yeah. You know, because we used to say back in the day, I'll house you, like I'll roundhouse you, like I'll kick you, or <laughs> I'll take what you got. You know. And then it was also like for the girls, it was like I'll put you in a house, I'll house you. You know. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, and then for the people who like house music, it was an anthem to them, like, yeah. Oh, I'll house you, like house music. So it had like a three, you know, triple meaning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. So it was fun to to play with that. I didn't put too much thought in it. It was just there in the hook because it's weird because there's such an iconic tr tune right and were you at that time thinking like excited about it coming out thinking this is not something that's been done really and it's gonna I be was super excited yeah in fact during that session after most of the vocals were recorded I called uh, Q-Tip and Ali Shahid Muhammad I was like put the, I put the phone up <laughs> to the speaker and I was like listen to this yeah <laughs> you know and we was jamming out to it. And then Ali was like, whoa, that sounds like a real house record. Yeah. And he was like, yo, that sounds cool, man. That's dope. You know, and, and yeah, Q-Tip was like, yeah, that's dope. And I was like, because it was at the end of the album. And we had done all our hip-hop rhythms, yeah. you know, and break beats and stuff like that. And we got, we improved with the recording process. Right. Because we were in like a small makeshift kind of studio where like we were on microphones like we're on now you know yeah. like for live you know performance but they were in the booth and we'd both be in the vocal booth like we are now at the same time recording straight to tape maybe one or two takes you know there yeah. wasn't all this editing equipment and stuff like that so we got used to the f we, we got a good workflow basically where right. we can be improvisational and just stuff would come out 
and that would be the recording. And that would make the record. And yeah. that would make the record. <laughs> right, right. And that's kind of like how house she was, apart yeah. from a few overdubs. Yeah. But the lead parts were like, they just came out in the booth, you know? So uh, was, was, like, was that a deliberate thing because you want to try and capture like sort of live energy on the record, or was it just just how you did it? It just because it, you just got a vibe. Yeah, you just had a vibe. Like you got used to the process because the first times we went in the studio, those were routines we had written down, rehearsed over the phone, came to my house and rehearsed in my living room. Yeah, actually performed out for a while, right. and then went in the studio and and recorded them, knowing the having the rhymes memorized having what the DJ's gonna do yeah. you know so we could catch catch little mistakes or catch things that weren't meant to happen and then make the recording the part that we needed to get worked out was the recording with the engineer like waiting for him to start the tape machine yeah. stuff like that by the end of the album we were operating the tape machine sometimes and we could catch that flow like as soon as you get a good vibe like I got something yeah. you're not standing there waiting for the engineer to unplug cables mm. and set you up you know you just it's ready to roll Yeah. so that's what you got on our house shoot you got like I got something you you know you caught the lightning in the bottle basically, yeah. you know what I mean and that's different I guess I mean I haven't but based recording like that doesn't work like that now, right? Because you do like what a hundred takes, and then you cut up verses and stuff like that. Well, I still record like that. Yeah, but I mean, generally but with, speaking, but with a computer though. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, in general, no. Yeah. Like for other artists, no. But for me, I remember those days, and I I try to start the song off that way. Yeah. So I'm jamming out for twenty minutes to the beat, you know. And then something just comes out, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, there we go. You know, because it's all coming from something unconscious. You know, yeah. you, you can struggle consciously to think, I want the song to be about this. That's not the way it goes. You know, it's got to come from like out of nowhere, like the back of your head, you know. And then it, then you catch like a catchy line and say, okay, this is the hook, this is the topic, this is what the song's about. Did you ever have a thing where like you guys would write songs? try them out at live shows and then they didn't go the way you liked or you didn't enjoy it and so they didn't never made the record like you never ended up recording them did that ever happen yeah i mean i did you know you had i had some extra rhymes because i continued to write yeah that i one of them is on tim westwood's show right um from 80 yeah 88 we never i never recorded that in the studio i just thought yeah i like this rhyme for myself but I didn't think to like make a yeah. song out of it. It sounds like kind of like comedy, man. Like you go out, you yeah. just like it. Like you go out of ideas, yeah. try them out, and then I'll tend to like have an idea that I want to talk about something, and then you just talk about it on stage, and then the funny lines will come in the moment with the audience, and then you go, right, I'm going to keep that stuff. Or you record it, yeah. and you go, that's the angle I'm going to take. It's really similar, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really like that. Like, and you find that's when you get your best stuff. Like when you sort of, uh, when you're sitting at your desk like yeah. trying to come up with stuff not you do as natural yeah. it's not as natural whereas if you're sort of you've got the uh, because when, you, when you're on stage you're panicking yeah. about, <laughs> about trying to get to a funny bit right yeah. so your brain's going shit shit yeah. shit try and make this funny try and make this funny <laughs> and then like, you almost by accident like spit a line like yeah. a joke out yeah. that you didn't know you've never written it it's just sort of in the pressure of that moment do you know what I mean like it's, <laughs> yeah I just got a word <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that. Yeah. Fist bump yeah. And the podcast, the vibe we've got here is very similar to how they recorded the album. 
Yeah, I don't. I think it's different that. in terms of in terms of what Bam's talking about is yeah, creating yeah. like gold. Yeah, no, what no, we're no. doing is just but we have brain farts, putting it out there, and hopefully people It's a very different idea. But yeah, that's. What do you? Um, I'm very interested to know what you make of Westwood because, like, Westwood is like obviously a legendary figure in hip hop. You know, he was playing hip hop here when nobody else was. Right? Was that show? Was it on Capital? Wasn't it before he went to Radio One? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, he is sort of. Uh, it's a combination of really loving him because of what he did for hip-hop in this country, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. pushing it to the mainstream. But also, he's slightly kind of like a bit of a cartoon character as well, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's sort of like, got the Jungle Brothers in the studio, bang those <laughs> cell block doors, Westwood, get ready! You yeah, know, kind yeah, of like, yeah. He's, but he's a proper, like, legend, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what, how did, what did you guys make of him? Um, Westwood is a cool dude. It was mm. good to meet him and stuff like that, and it was good to meet someone who was, knew what was up. yeah. You know, because those were the pioneering years. So we toured a lot of Europe, and they didn't even have, like, turntables. Yeah. We carried our own turntables. <laughs> right, right. The yeah. Technics 1200s yeah. and, and carrying cases. You know, it, it's funny thinking about it now, but, you know, promoters thought that we were going to set up drums and stuff <laughs> like that, and we, had tur- we, we asked for turntables, and they was like, we don't have those. And now it's, like, the standard. So, traveling around the world and having that feeling like, all right, we got to put you up on what we do, and people standing there and going, wow, what is this? Right, 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 yeah. And then you get to Westwood. And he knew and what he the knew what was, was yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least he had that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Of course, the, the voice and the personality is a bit put on. Yeah. I could, I could tell that, right, you know? Yeah. Um, Wasn't his dad a pre, uh, bishop, bishop, I think? Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's the thing. It's like, like you said, it's a bit. It was a bit of a sort of a persona. Yeah, yeah he, like a persona. he knew that, though, yeah. didn't he? But he knew yeah. that, I think. And also, Played actually, up. like, um, it was sort of weird because you sort of hear him talking like that, and yeah. then like he'd be like, and also you sort of hear him mentioning like rural British areas. <laughs> Like he'd go like he go. We're dropping bombs in Devon. Yes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. Just, uh, shout out to Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> At last, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was so funny. But at the same time, he was, you know, I remember like it was blowing my, my mind. Source, that he'd have like yeah. Wu Tang on, like, you know, on mainstream mm. radio, and you're just like at that time. People just weren't you just weren't hearing that much hip hop like outside of those specialist shows, mm. and he was it really felt like he was sort of he was like you said he's like a pioneer in this country, you know, in terms of like pushing hip hop to the main. Yeah, Westwood put hip hop on blast in this country. Yeah, and basically nobody yeah. that culture's not here. Yeah, it wasn't here. Yeah, so it was like he had that all to himself. Yeah. And then, like, I can imagine Apart that. from pirate radio too Of course Yeah 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 You gotta give props To the pirate yeah. radio too I love pirate radio Yeah I used to run a pirate radio station Actually Did you? In Serbian We tried to do one at uni Lasted about an hour Yeah I was at uni When I did it It was on top of The Blue India Indian restaurant I'm not incriminating them In this mm. but mm. We did it We did it above that restaurant And we did I had like a little Hip hop show on there But um, We're supposed to move it Every few months mm. But we didn't Did um, you get busted? didn't get busted came close to it and then we just and then we had to disband it eight people in Serbia were massively upset <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I wanted to ask you how the native tongues, how did that, all that come about? Because that was something that we got really excited about over here because obviously you've got a series of groups that were like... Um, the best. It felt like the best groups were getting together and forming the native tongue. Yeah. What was the sort of the the thinking behind that? It, that happened organically, right? And it was kind of like a magical thing because two of the members from Tropical Quest, which is Ali and Q Tip, and two of the members from Jungle Brothers, which is myself and Mike G. Yeah. Uh, we went to the same high school together. Right. So while. Mike and I were in high school. We were going to the studio. We were rehearsing at home, going to the studio and recording. And then uh, Red Alert, our uncle, was playing the records yeah. on the hip-hop mix show, Kiss FM, his hip-hop mix show, Kiss FM. So that gave us more expo- exposure. Like, Ali and Q-Tip were recording at home and practicing routines at home, and they'd play me demos and stuff like that. And then eventually... I brought them in the studio, Q-Tip in the studio to feature him on the Straight Out the Jungle album. And he produced, um, he came with the horns for the promo. We had a song called The Promo. So we kind of co-produced that together. Yeah. I bought the drums. Um, he also had a song called Black is Black, which I really liked. He yeah. played as a demo. And um, so we went and reproduced that in the studio. Black is black is black is black in America today. Tell me, my G, is it me? Ah, it's just society filled with propaganda, huh? Why do we meet and uh He had the whole song done, but we just took one verse of his and then Mike and I did our verses. Um, yeah, and then he was involved with the, some of the mix downs for Straight Out the Jungle, the actual album yeah. track. So little by little, he was coming in the studio and um, then performing with us. I remember one time Mike couldn't make a show and Q-Tip performed. Oh, really? Did he do all his verses? Yeah. Oh, wicked. Yeah, it was a short show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was like going to school, going to the studio, going yeah. to school, going to the studio. And I think it was the same way with De La Soul, but they were in Long Island going to school and then going to the studio with Prince Paul and making a demo. Yeah. So we're all like in this high school age going home and our homework is making these recordings yeah. right. and then we meet each other we met Daylight in Boston at a show because we were already getting booked Daylight was already getting booked they had this uh, plug tuning that uh, Red Alert was playing on yeah. the show as well so and then I introduced Q-Tip to Daylight so and I was like 
these guys are like us. Right, yeah. You know, or or even, you know, we're al- we're alike. And we're coming at it from a different angle, each each group. And so then we started hanging out. Like, we graduated high school, and then we were performing, and then hanging out in the studios with each other, doing shows with each other. It was fun. It was, when I say it was organic, I mean, De La had been coming to Jungle Brother shows, like yeah. buying tickets to the show, as Maceo's told me, you know, yeah. and checking out our shows, and sometimes I didn't even know that. We'd be going to their shows. Yeah. Just showing up just to go out to a party. Imagine a high school jam, you know? Yeah, yeah. And your, your mates, they are so performing, you know? So everything was feeling like at a jam level or house party level, you know, or a student party level. But we were the students and we were the people on stage, you know what I mean, hanging out. So that snowballed into us doing uh, Buddy. And that tied us all together. Yeah. Because people had already seen us hanging out. They heard Daylight's records on the radio. They heard Jungle Brothers records on the radio. They heard Q-Tip's voice on the radio with the promo. So... One day, De La Soul asked us to come in the studio just before we were coming back to Europe for our, whatever, third tour or something like that. And we went in uh, Calliope Studios and recorded the vocals for Buddy. Amazing. And then we came back and did a video for it. Right. And that came out. And, you know, Video Music Box was like the underground video channel and that everybody went to to check out, you know, hip-hop music, the first hip-hop music videos. Yeah. And um, they saw Buddy, and they saw all of us together, and you can see all the personas. We weren't thinking like that, yeah. but we were all individuals. We all had, you know, our style of dress, our little dance moves, our way of speaking on the mic, our little inside joke stuff. There was a lot yeah. of inside joke stuff that people, our peers caught up on, you know, they, they knew about, you know. So that created like a culture, you know. And we just... It had to be named Native Tongue. Like, you know, Q-Tip and I sat down one day, I remember in the studio, and he was like, we need to name the whole collective. And we were so prolific in our own groups and as a collective. Yeah. And we were going to split into super groups. So some members from Daylight oh, would be yeah. with some members from Jungle, yeah. and some members from Beat Nuts would be some members of Jungle, and yeah. some members of Tribe would be, you know. And we had these different kind of super groups, and it was like mushrooming out crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's when we came up with the name Native Tongues. It's a weird thing, because it just felt like... Because actually now, if that happened now... Yeah. You'd think that's the brainchild of some marketing genius yeah. because you guys all had like, like you said, you were you were actually different to all of the other stuff that was coming out. Yeah, and it and then you were all all these different groups. Yeah, were united under that thing. So it just yeah. felt like, you know, like you saying it was happening organically. I'm not surprised it was, but actually. If you'd have said to me, well, we sat down with a record company and they said this is the way to do it, yeah. you wouldn't be surprised because it's such an it was it felt like you all had that kind of, you know, that sort of left field way of approaching things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and so, they were, you know, it was like, it was almost like a brand. It's like if, if you knew it was Native Tongues related, 
yes. then you'd sort of think, I'm definitely going to check that out because yeah. I like that kind of thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that's pretty cool. And then is that something that you consider still going on now or is that kind of of the past now? Um, I would just say that all of the artists involved with that are very prolific. Yeah. And very creative, imaginative, and that chemistry is still there. Right. So the potential of something like that happening is always there. Yeah. Um, which is funny. It's a good thing because it's like, it's like you said, it was, it's, it almost seemed like an unconscious thing that just yeah. happened that when you look at it on paper, it looks like it was plotted. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm leaving it like that. <laughs> I'm leaving it like that. Like yeah. a, like a freestyle that sounds like, oh, I thought that was a song. You just made that up on the top of, you know, a comedy sketch. That's yeah. just like, you just made that whole 40 minutes show up. That was hilarious. <laughs> what were you thinking? You know, yeah. it's like that. Yeah. I, so you don't want to say, yeah, that's my act now. <laughs> I'm doing the, you know. Romance, stir-fried rice, <laughs> chop up. Yeah. That was one. dope. When are we going to get the chop yeah. up? You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it just yeah. came out, you know? Yeah. It'll just come out when it comes out, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, or if it doesn't, it's brilliant that it happened that way, you know yeah. what I mean? So, that's what. That's how I think of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, and I think some of the other members think of it too like that because now, you know, like you said, it looks like some plot from a marketing genius so I don't think anybody thought that but it just like because you guys had such a strong it felt like a really strong brand you know what I mean because yeah. you all had that common thinking yeah. and then it became uh, a seal of quality you know do you know what I mean like yes. when you knew yes. that, that was affiliated to the native tongue you think well that's definitely going to be good then that's kind of how I started looking I think that's how everyone over here yeah, th in particular thank you and, and I feel the same way not as not as being involved with it, but being involved in understanding each of its members' creativity. Because yeah. I heard demos from Paz. I've heard demos from... I've heard beats from Maceo. Yeah. I've heard stuff from Prince Paul. I've heard stuff from Ali Shaheed. Yeah. Stuff from Fife. You know, rest in peace, Fife. Where I was just like, Whoa! You made that at home? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's like bouncy and gooey. Like, you know, I like this. I want this. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like a bunch of authors, you know, yeah. that write these these pulp fictions. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're like, whoa. And then what happened? You know, there's always um, a story or a concept. These, You know, these guys come up with concepts all the time. Yeah. That aren't only a part of the Tribe Called Quest concept or the De La Soul concept. You yeah, know, yeah. there's always like a metaphor or a spin or a title or a topic that's like new and interesting. So, yeah, I would just like to go through like some of the vault. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just be like, what is, what, you know, and just enjoy it. You know, yeah. it's like a little thing you know is that a thing that you're all conscious of because you're known for sort of reinventing yourself and sort of changing and re sort of reincarnating what you're doing yeah is that is that a deliberate thing or just because you get bored with what you're doing and you want to change it up well you know back then we would always say i remember pa saying this and i agreed with him it's like we don't want to be pigeonholed yeah we don't want to be pigeonholed like i have a lot of ideas you know yeah and that's the same feeling for me and one of the things I, that um, England 
and parts of Europe offer is that DJ producers, they don't get pigeonholed. Like they, you know, in the electronic music scene yeah. or the dance music yeah. scene, there's always room for experimenting and coming up with something new. Yeah. A new rhythm. Yeah. And you go, I remember going to these festivals and, and stuff like that, and I'm like, I am hearing a lot of really dope instrumental production from trip hop to jungle to sci-fi to hardcore techno yeah just and even stuff i can't even know i don't know what to call it yeah you know and i'm just like wow i want to i want a hand in that i want to just make music i don't yeah. want to be branded as something you know what i mean and i think that's what native tongues had a, an allergic reaction to when the industry did come in and say hey I could cut you a check for $10 million Yeah. and we could do it like this. You know, it was just like, mm. you know, if we had done it ourselves, yeah. that would be different. So for me personally, I like when I'm prolific. I like the freestyle. I like things that just come out. Yeah. And then I'll put it in some structure. I'm not trying to. I, there has been times where I have tried to reinvent myself image-wise and all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. So I've had to go back to what are the the best of what I do. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a catchy person. I yeah. wrote the hooks for Our House You. I write. I made most of the titles for the album tracks. Um, I love words. Um, I know how to use my voice in different ways. Yeah. So it was like now I have to like hone in on my thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And before and then. Then I, that will lead me into different roads. Right, right, so I've right. been collaborating here with other artists since I've been yeah. here. I've done some, mostly in the breakbeat category. So I've worked with like Ski Whiff. Yeah. You know, these guys would be in the same respect as like uh, a Fatboy Slim or um, Fort Knox Five yeah. or, you know, musician producers who make breakbeat tr tunes that could lend itself to, you know, Brazilian samba with yeah. hip hop, you know. Yeah, yeah. Blame it all real. It's hard to be so incognito when I go to Brazil. I meet a lot of cool people sitting by the seaside, drinking my cervezas. Enjoy the way the sun shines on my neighbors. No stress, just gone with the flow of life. I'm throwing clocks in the air just to watch time fly. Bigger than I is all I have to do. Funk with hip hop or jazz or blues, you know, or even swing era jazz you know with hip-hop um which i'm comfortable in that world because it's like it's more eclectic you can use different you know music backgrounds and stuff yeah like that. i've collaborated with uh ali b who i met at capital one radio and now we have a song together on radio six called uh give me that Ali being Jungle Brothers. I be that cool jungle brother, Africa, baby, bam. Straight out the jungle with the muscle that could turn out a jam. And I'm rocking the UK with DJ Ali B. We got the beats on the string to keep the party in swing. And that's like a jazzy breakbeat tune. Yeah. Um, I've also collaborated with, you know, Deep House producers. Uh, uh, a woman named Joyce Munez based in Austria. Um, 
another Austrian hip-hop producer named Mr. Darrow. Tearing shit out the frame, spraying cats back in their lane. Fuck the crossover, throw salt over my shoulder. On some superstitious, niggas get punked out like Sid Vicious. I'm the barber of Seville, pulling out the big clippers. Psychic thrillers, came to pillage your slum village. Flood the fifth ward when I straight jack and wreck it. Jump on stage like a hippie butt naked. And how these projects start... You could be just be from acapellas. Right. Well, I just cut vocals, and I'm open to the whole remix culture. So I know, like, artists uh, here, they like vocals, so I'll give them the vocals, and they'll send me back the music, and it could be drum and bass, it could be breakbeat, it could be funk, it could be electro house, you know? And I'm like, yeah, if it sounds good, yeah, and it's pure, the intention is pure, it's not just trending and jumping mm. on something, Yeah. let it let it be, you know what I mean? It's quite trusting, isn't it? If yeah. you just give a vocal and then you let them do whatever they want with it. Do yeah. You, do you ever get a, in a situation where it comes back to you and you think, oh shit, man, I'm not really feeling this. one word. <laughs> <laughs> or like they've twisted it in a way you don't like, or, or generally do you like what they've done? Generally, uh, if we're collaborating together, we can cure that before it happens. Okay, right, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, we could yeah. be like, I could say, yeah, I don't like the track. Or I could be like, yeah, I like it. I hear it. You can use my vocal. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you have to select. Right, right, right. Are you hinting at that you want to do a collaboration? That... No. no. Why are you trying to embarrass <laughs> me like that? No. I, th I think it should happen, That's guys. the one element yeah. that is missing in the native tongue, yeah. if you want to call it, Ramesh. formula. Yeah. The comedy. It's Ramesh. Yeah, there you go. An <laughs> actual <laughs> comedian coming in. I think in. he fits in. We've got it. I think hey, he fits guys. in. Yeah. Yeah. And brainstorming with us. He just sits there, though. He doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, and then just does that one line on yeah, the record yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's like, that's what everybody knows the record for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you want, like, if you ever, like, sit in a situation where you want the creative process kind of slowed down, mm -hmm. you know, I'm that guy. Do you know what I mean? I'm a blocker. I really can. <laughs> I can really shut an idea yeah, you down. You lengthen the process. <laughs> You're the writer's block. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> With the thing with native tongues, though, like with all of you guys, the other thing I was going to say that you guys have got in common is, is of bringing out a new album where initially people go, shit, they've probably changed direction. I don't know about this. And then after a bit, they go, it's such a great album. You know, like, it's almost like every single album that came out, yeah. at first people will go, Jesus, man, I didn't expect him to do something like this. Yeah. And then I think the biggest example of that maybe was probably maybe De La Soul is Dead. This is the styling for a title that sounds silly But nothing silly but the trifling times of Millie Millie a Brooklyn Queen originally from Philly Complete with an accent that made us sound hillbilly Because after yeah. Three Feet High and Rising yeah. We just thought it's going to be exactly the same Yeah And then when De La Soul is Dead came out It wasn't what people were expecting And then obviously later on people like this But you all have that in common, don't you? Where you sort of bring out an album And people are like, shit Yeah I wasn't expecting that, and people are like, whoa, that wasn't... The... And then eventually, yeah. you sort of go, actually, I yeah. really like it, man. You yeah. I mean? But that's just because you guys, you're not doing that deliberately, you're just doing it because that, your creative process is, is changing, right? Yeah, the creative process is changing. you got to realise that when you're 17... Well, let's see, we made our first record when we was 15. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay? Yeah. yeah. And then that at that age, that was the... Run DMC, Fat yeah. Boys, LL yeah, yeah. Cool J, Beastie Boys, Steady B, you know, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince era. We're kids inf influenced by that. We're not in the studio. We're not with the record companies. We have our turntables at home, our radios with cassettes, making pause tapes, still recording off, selecting stuff off out of what's being offered. Yeah. And then... 
experimenting with your own ideas. So that becomes a part of your yeah, yeah, yeah. you know your make your 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 makeup as an artist. You know, like that you are selecting from what's being offered and going. I like that 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 jam by Rakim is dope. I'm gonna put that on my tape. I like this. Uh, Spoonie G You know I want to put that next You know And you make yourself a tape And then you go around Listening to it And then you hear the rhymes And then you start Memorizing the rhymes And then you start Making your own rhymes And then You want to put Your own music To those rhymes And you just want to Make a tape Yeah You're not thinking about Consciously about Artistic direction Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you wind up Making a classic album Out of that (laughs) Yeah Straight out the jungle Three feet high and rising Yeah you know, people's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythms and then, you know, low-end theory. Yeah. Which kind of defines who you are as an artist to the people who love your music. Yeah. But your mind is still running with ideas. Yeah, yeah, And you're still getting newer influences. Now, once we came out with those albums, then the era turned over to us, as well as Nice and Smooth, EPMD, you know, and later on Mob Deep. And, yeah. So, and we're going... We made classic albums, but we also like these albums, too, and the way they put them together. Yeah. So you go back in the lab, and you're experimenting, and you're trying to come out with something new that no one's ever heard before, because that's what your classic albums offer, too. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you get caught up, I think, with two contradicting things, where you're known for something already, but you want to flip the script again, as you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people are satisfied where they are. But you also don't want to make people think, well, I just heard this album yeah, already. Yeah, you, got, yeah, yeah. you know, Gangstar made three or four albums. And then, I mean, I don't know how many albums they made. But they were consistent. Yeah. yeah. And they made a greatest hits album or a compilation album. And it's consistently mm. tempo-wise, well, yeah, beat-wise. Yeah. What you could say about that greatest hits album is if you played it to somebody uh, who didn't know Gangstar, yeah. they wouldn't be able to pick... What, what was era, from different yeah. eras? Do you know what I mean? Because like it's all like you said, it's like a it's like a for, they had a formula, didn't they? Do they had mean? a formula. It's a great formula, but they had a formula, yeah. And it's good in one way because if you don't know, if you're not aware of the formula, and you just are new to the, the genre, yeah, it's a good representation. Yeah, and you enjoy it. But if you're an aficionado and you're collecting and collecting and you've got a bunch of, you're like, I have a bunch of stuff like this. (laughs) You know what I mean? So now I have to select through that and make my own greatest hits out of that so that, you know, I could stay interested. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to notice the formula. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you like hip-hop with, like, artists like Big Daddy Kane, Boogie Down Productions, Ultra Magnetic MCs. You feel as a listener like you're at the seat, you're listening on the seat of your pants, you know, like on the edge of your seat, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, like it feels like a freestyle. You know, it feels like, what is he going to say next? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like an a R&B record where it's like, baby, I love you, and then the next record, baby, I love you, <laughs> and then the next record, baby, I love you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And even, you know, so those were very prolific times. Like, you had Public Enemy, who was politically conscious, you had Big Daddy Kane, uh, who was like the battle slash pimp MC? Yeah, yeah. You had Too Short, yeah. who was the straight gutter pimp MC. You had um, Two Live Crew, 
who was the strip club MCs. I keep naming pimps and strip club MCs. Why not? Why not? Okay, Go for it. let's just keep no, going. No, you're playing to the crowd, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but you also had De La Soul, who was considered, you know, the the hippie MCs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Boogie Down Productions, I would consider, like, the Bronx Block Party MC. Yeah. Ultra Magnetic MCs were, like, the sci-fi MCs, you know, with Cool Keith and his characters and his yeah. voice. So I mean, there was and there were there, and then gangster rap as well side with that. So, but all of that was happening at the same time, well, you know, within the same two or three years. Yeah. So there was this all this diversity, and we all we all appreciated it because we it was about the beats. A lot of those records that Dr. Dre was using, Ice T was using, Jungle Brothers were using. Those, if you listen to those records, the break beats underneath the production is what you heard on the street at the block parties. Yeah. So you didn't look at it and go, oh, I don't like NWA. You looked at it and said, oh, they're using Ashley's Roach Clip or they're using, you know, James Brown, give it up and turn it loose. Yeah. And then Rock is using Ashley's Roach Clip too. You know, for paid in full, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's a dope. It's like a version. Like yeah, when you have yeah, reggae yeah. records that is different yeah. versions. Different, yeah, yeah, different DJs on the top. Of yeah, it. yeah, different DJs on the top of it because it came from DJ culture. Yeah, you know. And then later, when the industry picked it up, they said, "We want to brand it. We want to create the persona." You know, which I think Def Jam was in on that early. Yeah, like we want, pers- we need the artists to have a persona. Beastie Boys have to be like the white boy Run DMC. Yeah, yeah Run DMC yeah. have to be the rock rap guys. Yeah, fat boys mm. are fat. Yeah, which yeah. was the really <laughs> obvious one. You know what I mean? I and nailed then, that one, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. You know, Method Man and Red Man are the the, the four twenty rappers. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and Ja Rule is the lover boy R and B rapper. You know, they they were first in on that. You know, making the persona. Then labels like Interscope and all these guys took that with gangster rap and said, you know, Snoop Dogg's going to be the pimp rapper with the yeah. perm and then the afro and then the braids and then, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And so we just offered a lot of diversity before that happened. Yeah. You know, and now this is the peop- this is what people are more accustomed to. A rapper mm. with some with a persona, not listening for the beats, like the break beats yeah. and the culture that it comes from. They're listening to the production culture, like who produced the beat. Yeah. You know, was it Jay Dilla? Was it, you know, Pete Rock? Was it, you know, Flying Lotus? You know, who produced the beat? Then they're also listening to the skill of the, the artist, you know, the lyrical skill If in, this, in, in the case of like an artist like Kendrick Lamar. I can see the darkness in me and it's quite amazing. And then they're looking at the the kudos and the social media and the, and, and, and the persona and, 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 and in a lot of cases, some of the artists that are just coming through without record deals, some of them do put on the persona heavy. Yeah, you know, like a Goldie looking chain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's just all persona. Yeah. And it's humorous, you yeah. know. And Snoop had has that a lot now. Oh, he always had that, but people didn't realize it that he was, you know, taking the piss, as you say. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that 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 is what it, where we at right now. You know, yeah. it's like persona and style and lifestyle and stuff like that. Do you like hip hop now? Like, what do you think of it now? Do you? 
obviously, like you know, a lot of people that we have on here, we have like get, that sort of talk about that sort of nineties era, and like that's their favourite stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about it? Do you think it's got worse or do you think it's just changed or what's your sort of opinion on it? It's been repurposed. Yeah. And things can't stay the same, especially the beginnings, because that's when the intention was influenced by, you know, the 90s was influenced by the yeah. pioneers, the yeah. real pioneers from 75. Yeah. And the intentions was still to make something on that level even though the technology came into play and we got the boom back from the SP-12 and the yeah. SP-1200 and the MPC, the intention was there and the pure and the influence was still pure. But as things moved on, of course it would change because people don't have access to that, yeah. the artists themselves. Mm. So as you go on along the timeline, artists that are coming out today are so and their fans are so far removed from that early experience yeah there's no influence you know artists today might be just go back to jay-z yeah 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 you know what i mean so what, what are you <laughs> listening to now what sort of stuff are you into now are you into do you listen to a lot of hip-hop now or do you listen to everything well i'm getting ready to do a set a dj set at um Ravon avon which is like a fundraiser for the bristol community yeah. Bristol fest community and they you know they requested that i do a uh, dub and uh a jungle set. Right. And I love jungle. I love how that art form flipped the script the way hip-hop does. Yeah. But kept a long timeline of the tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I needed to get I needed to get that kind of stability, like where from another genre that's very prolific, but keeping a certain structure and yeah. adding on to it and adding on to it and... So I've been listening to a lot of jungle, drum and bass, because I hear the records in there that I used to sample as well. Yeah. And um, it's just getting me back to the beats, you know, just making... Because I like beats. And I think with hip-hop, the early hip-hop, when the records we made, the beats changed because people wanted to dance more. Yeah. And the technology made the bass more... Um, cleaner and deeper and so people went into those more drum machine driven beats than stuff coming off the turntables yeah and drum and bass still feels like the break beats from yeah. the turntable like Amen Brother and all that stuff yeah like that. so I've been in that world um apart from that I've been listening to like you know Flying Lotus and stuff yeah. like that like the instrumentalists and um just expanding really and you know, once in a while, I go back into the 90s and, like, relive the moment. Because I lived through that. It's different from, like, a fan who's collecting the records and going, oh, I like this tune, and, like, going to the concerts and stuff like that. I kind of lived in that. Because, so I saw how, how could I put it? I could predict things that were coming out. Right, 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 yeah. Because I'm producing as well, yeah. and I'm hearing like, oh, if I take that and use it that way, and I know that's what they're thinking, yeah, yeah. that they will arrive at this, you know what I mean? Um, and also, like I said, yeah, like the other day, I went to go see Red Man and Method Man yeah. with my girlfriend and a good friend of hers at uh, Kent Town, is it? Kentish Town? Kentish Town, yeah. Kentish Town. Mm-hmm. The Forum, is it? The Forum. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like watching them on stage like they were... My mates, like my neighbors. Not yeah, like yeah. the persona in yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like your persona, the way people are perceiving you, is exactly mm. 
the way we are. Yeah. It's yeah. just that they don't have that here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The way they're dressed and the stuff they're saying. So it's like I'm predicting what they're saying and laughing and going, that's great. That yeah. You put it that way and that you, these people are getting, you know, their buttons pushed that way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm hearing the beats and the story about one of the DJs being the creator of the Wu-Tang symbol, you know, DJ Allah Mathematics. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. You yeah, know, and I'm learning I'm learning new stuff too. So my involvement with hip hop is more back more of like going down memory lane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, not yeah. because I don't like what's out now, mm. but it's because it's still going on. And it's something that we set off. And I'm not trying to make a debate between what's better, but I wanna go and learn more about what I experienced when I was 19, 20. Yeah. These guys are still here. Yeah. The one thing that I can say that I like about being here in the UK is that the underground hip-hop, the boom-bap hip-hop, yeah. is well-preserved. Yeah. Like, Book Thieves, Mouse Outfit, Goldie Looking Chain, yeah. The Four Owls. Yeah. You know, guys who make concepts and bands off the boom-bap funk jazz soul sampling yeah is still alive here yeah you know and they're filling the dance hall you know 2,000 people like a Brixton Electric great night I did yeah. something with Mouse Outfit there great night four hours it was the high focus night four hours performed two hours of boom bap yeah and the crowd was sitting there as a culture it wasn't like they were hyped up like you know like it's some new trick in the book it was yeah. like this is the tradition this is the tribe yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I like that, and I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, when we were watching Red Man and Method Man perform for whatever three thousand people, I was like, this is a good night because this is a genre, this is a time, this, this, what they do is in a time capsule in the United States. Mm. So you're not gonna get that everywhere in the United States. Is there anything you don't like about hip hop? Well, I just wish that artists open up to the freestyle and I mean, and I mean commercial artists as well. yeah and flip the script a little bit like take a chance I mean their profiles are so big they've got so many hits like don't be afraid to do something to the left yeah I guess that's what I'm saying something that shows that you just tried some shit you know what I mean and it's dope for what it is and it's not like all like packaged and perfect for a market yeah I think that would make them more interesting to me you know I think like um, Kendrick Lamar brought that to the table where it's obvious that he's all about being a rhyme animal uh, you know and very creative with the rhythms and the content and getting like cutting edge production so that what you get in your hand is a lot of creative input and a good sound, but not a formula. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of artists today, they follow a formula, so they all sound alike because, you know, the word is, is it's out that, you know, hip-hop sells when you put the guy with the baseball cap on in front of the car with the big rims and the yeah. girl with her titties out. Yeah. It's like, and then it's like, next, mm. next, Next artist, take out, insert. Next yeah. artist, take out, and insert. Yeah. You know, and put the name of the artist and say, this is the new artist. Yeah. And you go and, and you look at the, the same, same thing, thing. Different versions it? of the same thing. Yeah. So, and it's just so obvious. And it's like, I know the creativity is in them, you know, but I think it's more of a market-driven um, 
product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so whatever. We mastered that as hip hop. Yeah. We can say we mastered that. We we came all the way from the freestyle inventiveness all the way to the the, the peak of formula and marketing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both mastered. Okay. Yeah. So let's just like, you know, like accordion them together and create some pump something new out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Pump something new out that and and uh, encompasses all of it. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, we're running out of time. Um, we just wanted to quickly ask you, what are you up to at the moment that you can tell us about? Are you bringing out new stuff or where are you performing? I'm working on a, a, a library album with Ski Whiff right. and the brand new Heavies. So that's coming. Some of that will be commercially released too. Um, I'm going to do a tune with the Cuban Brothers, comical guys. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. And do some shows with them. A show with them in Wistable. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning the new technologies and stuff like that for production and stuff like that, and, and as well as being a good selector and DJing out and yeah, cool. collaborations and DJ sets. Cool. Um, really? got something with A Skills coming up too. Oh, really? At the Shindig Weekender. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the end of this month. Actually, I'm gonna host it. And MC with A skills. Oh, cool! Yeah, and also um, it's good for Bam. Good for Bam to announce that I am joining Native Tongues. It's yeah. good that, it's thank official. you for announcing that. Yeah, yeah. Ramesh well, is joining exclusive. Native Tongues. <laughs> yeah, and I would like to get you on my show at SohoRadioLondon.co.uk. I'm in. I'm in, mate. I'm I doing DJ it. once a month on that okay. show. Yeah, but um, there's a mic and everything set up to do interviews, but I'm just the one doing all the talking. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll come on. So yeah, you definitely. should come on. Yeah, yeah, I'm on. We'll it's link done. it up and yeah. find a date that works for you. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Bring some tunes. I will do. I will do. And some freestyles. <laughs> Spotify playlist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring a Spotify playlist. And you know any hip hop rhymes memorized? You got any to memorize? Yeah. Rummish used to be a rapper. No, that's not true. Don't. Why would you say that in front of a legend? Used, used to be. I gave. I Come had on, it. man. We can have fun it with it. it. <laughs> we can have fun with it. That's how it all started yeah. for me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't take the the legend thing too serious. I just think I was this kid in my room on punishment with my dad's equipment mixing, mm. and just like two sticks together started a fire. Yeah, you know. And I was like, "Whoa, what is that?" You know, I burned down the city, <laughs> and now I'm a legend. But I always go back to that. Yeah, you know, like when I didn't know what I was doing and I was just trying stuff. Yeah. So I you try can, to you keep can relate the, to that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I was rubbing two sticks together, but nothing happened. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> they were just actual sticks. <laughs> uh, Bam, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It's You're been welcome. an absolute honor. Rumad, you got anything to you want to close? No, out? Th- thank you for coming. It's been amazing. Thank Lovely. you for having me, man. Mm. Cool. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Nu bij Coolblue, 100 euro korting op de HP Spectre 2-in-1 laptop met Windows 10. Start je laptop nog sneller op dankzij de 1 terabyte SSD-schijf. Vandaag besteld op coolblue.nl, morgen gratis thuisbezorgd. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.